Sweaty man. Sweaty. Steven, you're so far away from me. <clears throat> I know. That was, like, that was on purpose. This is like COVID. <laughs> we are, what, what do they call it? Six feet apart? Social well, distancing? Social distancing. We that sure was, are. That was the word I was looking for. Welcome to the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast, the only Survivor podcast that says winners will not win again. We will not let it happen. We'll headhunt them one at a time in the jungle and remove their organs. I'm your host, Stephen Levine, with my co-host, Jared Sheldon. Jared, are you a winner? Not this week. <laughs> sure fucking not, Stephen. Why not? Well, before I go on a, on a rant and a tirade that you've already listened to, Three times in the last two days. How was your week? (laughs) My week, not too bad. A little out of the ordinary. It seems like things were kind of all over the place. Went to a birthday party last night. I didn't know anybody there. Went to a birthday party that we were both invited to and I didn't go to. Correct. (laughs) So, I don't know. It was a pretty weird week. How about you? Well, programming note, so that we mentioned at the top... We're going to try to put out two episodes a week for the next couple of weeks. Steven and I's schedules are all over the place, especially because he is getting married and I'm yeah. the officiant. See, I'm I'm going to push back right here. We're going to try to get one out a week. And if we get out two, then that's great. It, for the next two to three weeks, we're just... I'm getting married. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're going to try to... And a lot of it will probably be front-loaded. Yeah. We, we probably will pre-record a lot of it. But We're, we're going to do our best. Um, I'm still going to push Stephen for two, but not in the wedding realm. Just trying to, like, any moment that we're free before then, be like, all right, let's 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 sneak in an episode. Sure. Like a fucking heroin addict. Like, I need my hit. I need my hit. <laughs> they I got to might... say my takes in front of a microphone, Stephen. They might be less edited than usual they might be very stream of consciousness which is fine but just be aware that we we might not get episodes out we're gonna do our best yeah so now for my week or one thing in particular my week that is has taken up all of my brain space and sent me into a fugue state spiral steven yes i build my computer or rather, it's a weird story. Maybe I've talked about it on Mike before. Like 10 years ago, my apartment got broken into. The laptop I had was stolen. I went on Craigslist to be like, were they stupid enough to put it on Craigslist? Because I do have the serial number from the box. So if they did, I'm going to pretend to be a buyer and then I'm going to report them to the police. Yeah. They did not. But I found a home-built gaming PC that somebody had put up and it was like, it was really price. So I bought it. And I've been switching out parts for forever. And the only things that were original at this point are the case, the motherboard, and the CPU. And for those people out there that are not very computer inclined, think of the motherboard as like the body of the computer. Like it's take it's the thing that allows everything else to function. Or the skin, I guess. No, I guess the case is the skin. It's the bones. The motherboard is the bones of the computer. Okay. The CPU is the brain. The case is the skin. So I wanted to replace the brain. I wanted to replace the CPU. But in order to do that, I needed to upgrade the motherboard because the motherboard is over a decade old. Modern CPUs don't fit in there. All right, fine. In order to do that, I had to upgrade my cooling system that I upgraded just a year ago 
because that was a cooling system for an old generation of CPUs, and now I'm upgrading. Okay, fine. Oh, wait, but in order to upgrade that, I have to upgrade my case, because the cooling system I want doesn't fit in my case. Like, fuck. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I, and I got a new monitor. I, went, I was trying to replace one thing, and I went on a shopping spree. Sure. It's not like $1,000. Most of that on the monitor, actually, like 500 on the monitor, 500 on the rest. Built it myself, put it all together. Might have done it wrong. Might have damaged the motherboard trying to do it by bending a pin, by putting the CPU in the wrong way. I say maybe because that's what they told me at Micro Center, but I don't know that I believe them anymore because (laughs) I spent 12 hours troubleshooting and building and all of that over two days and nothing works. And I was losing my mind. I was legitimately like manic about this. I got a lot of texts that were concerning. I was was worried you were going to 5150 me. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, Jared... It's going to be okay. No, but you don't understand, Steven. And for those people that are ho- are at home and are like, it's just a computer, man. No, it was a problem that I couldn't solve that I had no... It was driving me crazy because it would be... It's like a puzzle, but you're missing a piece, but you don't know what piece. And so you're constantly trying to like rearrange things. And after three days and more money buying a second motherboard and more attempts to put it all together... I still don't know what's wrong. Yay. It's sitting at Micro Center in their diagnostics. Uh, it'll take three to five days. My guess is it's, I probably, uh, the CPU itself was probably bunk. I probably bought a lemon of a CPU, the brain, and they will have to rebrand it. They'll have to, they'll have to give me a new one for free because, hey, I bought it from you three days ago. There's no way I broke it in three days. I'm sorry. There just isn't. <laughs> I can find a way. Well, sure. Okay. I could have like snapped it in half or something, but there's no evident damage to it. Right. And if I did do something wrong, how are they going to prove it? Yeah, exactly. I don't think I did. I don't know. So all that to say, hobbies are hard. (laughs) (laughs) Hobbies that are constructing things with high stakes are hard. Yeah, I agree. It's... It's, it's tough. It's tough to do all those things. So I went to a theater's fundraiser. Uh, shout out to Theater Evolve here in Chicago. And drank a lot because it was an open bar and got my nails painted. At a baby. Did a tarot reading. Oh, okay. That's a lot. That's a lot I of never things. had my nails painted or a tarot reading, but went in Rome. Now you got them both. Now I got them both. I don't think Sade Green is my color. <laughs> we did have a discussion about your color prior to this. Yeah. <laughs> me, who's never had nails done. <laughs> uh, t- <laughs> Two straight white dudes being like, what do you think my color is on these nails? Mm, mm. (laughs) Speaking of things that are your color, emails. If you want to email us, feel free to do so. You can email us, SurvivorTBT at gmail.com, or you can message us on Reddit, u slash SurvivorTBT. Jumping into emails, we have a few. We have one from Josh. Josh starts with, Survivor really learned nothing from the Sue and Hatch incident. In the future seasons, you will see people running challenges naked and other, other creepy behavior. It really takes a later season where the show legitimately could have been canceled for them to care. Wow. So they, no, they did learn things. They learned the wrong lessons. They learned, oh, so we can just get away with it. I mean, maybe not, because after this episode, they had to edit out, I'm sure just for Paramount Plus for or for future things, they edited out the sue incident from the recap episode that is true because i i started the next episode and it pops up at the very beginning it says for legal reasons we had to edit the recap bonus episode wait really yes 
Uh, if you go Whoa. on Paramount Plus right now and watch the recap episode, it starts with a warning. Holy shit. I mean, like, at the time they learned the lesson that they can get away yes. with it. Later, they... <laughs> they learn not so much. Yeah. Yeah. God damn it. One thing All-Stars can't really show is just how close Lex and Kathy were before this game even started. Kathy states this episode mm. she didn't vote Colby because she didn't want to betray Lex. Yeah. The two of them were always going to work together. That's cute. It's cute. They're, they're, they're buds. They're friends. Is that an odd couple? A little bit. I think a little bit. It's yeah. not the oddest of couples. It's no Rupert... Uh, <laughs> Rupert Rudy? Rupert Rudy. Rupert Rudy is fun. Yeah. I want, we, I want for more. one episode. <laughs> we we were robbed. We sure were. Robbed from Carl. Carl. Yeah, so all stars. Good times, huh? Everybody having fun? Mostly. <laughs> yeah. Debated on including a picture of the episode, but ultimately decided why not? So we have a picture of Sheanne rolling her eyes, mouth yeah. mouth agape. It's, yeah. The brain worms reach Sheehan's spinal cord in the middle of her Colby impression. <laughs> Gonna divide notes into incident and non-incident. Yep. I mean, that's how we divide our episodes. It so is. that makes sense. Absolutely. Non-incident notes. Totally agree that Rob C. didn't deserve the reputation hit. Unfortunately, large sections of the Survivor fan base haven't always been that uh, sophisticated, for lack of a better word. Well, yeah. I mean... If you're doing results-driven analysis, then you're like, oh, he got out so early. He must not have been that good. Yeah. But if you're actually looking at the nuance and the context of it, it makes a lot more sense. It does, yes. In a game where people already know who you are and what your danger is, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Rob calling Rupert Grizzly Adams and making fun of him behind his back with Tom just makes Rob seem like a total douche to me. He is. Jared says he likes showboating, and I'm also okay with players being cocky and demonstrative. Demonstrative, that's that word. Ah. But Rob has a mean streak that, for me, can be entertaining, but too often goes into asshole territory. Oh, I wouldn't want to spend any time in real life with Boston Rob. <laughs> He's an entertaining villain. He also deeply insecure. Like, to have to undercut everyone around him all the time to us is someone that is deeply insecure and is afraid that their actions won't paint the narrative that they want it to or that the show won't paint the narrative that he wants it to. Yeah, it's it's that, well, I want to be the person in power and anyone who is a threat to that, I need to find a way to, if not to them personally, to the audience, demoralize them. And he's kind of lucky to be on the tribe that he is. Tell me I, more. I don't think Boston Rob survives three votes. Maybe not two. Like, he survives the first vote because I think it's rich. Mm. But you I think take him off Vibe Tribe, he doesn't vibe too well? Well, I think if you put him without the Vibe Tribe behind him in an arena of Lex, Chian, and Kathy, they eat him alive. <laughs> yeah, it's fair. That's part of the problem with the, with the Mogo Mogo tribe. Is that they, they're they all playing so hard that they're not a tribe. They mm. skipped to the immunity phase on day one. Yep. They were like, oh, there's three tribes. All we have to do is not lose. Great. Let's play an individual game starting right now. Sure. All right. Uh, that being said, I did like his quote. Something about Rupert I just don't trust. So I made an alliance with him. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. That's valid. Kathy said later she voted with Lex because you remember what happened to Kelly Goldsmith in Africa when she crossed him. I did remember because Kelly Goldsmith in the alternative uh, or alternate. Yep. 
I remember who Kelly is now. All right. She was the one that Lex got rid of. Got um, yeah, fucked over. For being accused of going after him when she wasn't even doing it. Correct. She's the other blonde girl on the season. Yeah. I liked her a lot. I'm actually kind of uh, I'm kind of sad she isn't here. We almost had her. I'm not sure Jenna Lewis failing at the challenge has anything to do with her headspace. I've noticed she's been pretty consistently terrible at every challenge so far, but who knows? Okay, well, that's just my opinion. <laughs> a game theory. Never mind. I'm going to oh, move God. on. Incident notes. Much goes without saying, but I believe I agree with everything you said in regards to Sue's reaction. I also noticed the really weird tonal shifts even before the reward challenge. Like Jerry reading a silly list of foods after a scene where Sue struggles with sexual assault. The fuck? Yeah. Yeah, and I, I'll i give the editors some grace there. Like, you can't just not show what's going on in Mogo Mogo for three days because it... Like, Jerry getting under the skin of her tribe is part of the narrative that pops up in later episodes. Yep. I, they didn't handle it well, but I don't know how you edit that better especially when you do have to fill 48 minutes of content you'd probably want to keep the sexual assault stuff in a chunk yeah i think that's probably the only way to solve is do all of like what we do with the episode you do all the non-incident stuff in the beginning of the episode and then you just let the incident stuff run for 25 minutes or then you have 25 minutes of a real bummer on tv (sighs) i know it's an impossible call and i think either way you're in a bad spot and this is another uh just another way that Rich's actions affect everyone. Yeah. His bad actions. Bad actions. Jeff once said the Sue quit was his least favorite moment in 28 seasons. That makes sense. And I would venture to guess it still is. Yeah. You mentioned that Sue wasn't afraid to yell at probes, which made me think that would be much less likely in today's Survivor. I agree. Uh-huh. Probes, for better or worse, is Survivor now. Yes. But back then, he was just the host while players were the stars. He wasn't as iconic. Yeah, I also think Jeff is better at handling stuff like this now. Yeah. I don't think Jeff would be in a position to get yelled at now. But that's from having watched like 41 and 42. Yeah. So I could be off the mark. Even harder to not have Austin at the Pearl Islands reunion now. Yeah, it sure is. It's, uh, yeah, you you dug yourself a good one there, Survivor. Uh-huh. I did some additional research, and I'll sum up what I found here. Please keep in mind that I am not dismissing Sue's feelings on the subject whatsoever, just relaying what I read. And there will, there could be some good notes in here. One, Hatch, take your grain of salt now, has come out and said that Sue told the other survivors before filming started that she wanted to extort CBS. If this is true, many of their reactions make more sense in this context. If, and big if, if he's also said that he reviewed the tapes with CBS's legal team and they saw that his genitalia never touched her, which is why Sue never initiated a lawsuit. Of course, they may have just given her money, like you said, and Rich could totally be lying. I, from what I can tell, and from me looking on the outside and what we know today, it looks like they cut a deal. Yeah, I would agree with that. It looks like they cut a deal with an NDA. Yeah. And looking at, at how things are being portrayed now... And how they went on television just a few months later together and were like, yep, everything's fine. Yeah. And also both of those things can be true. Yeah. She she could have gone in and been like, wow, we were treated like really badly in Bordeo. And if they do that shit again, I'm going to get money from them. Mm-hmm. Or I think that they will. And I will try to get money from them. Like, obviously, that's not good behavior. And she was assaulted 
and like sue's vengeful like yeah, yeah. like that doesn't dismiss any of that yeah again lots of information yeah take take what we will here again i stress that i am but a messenger yeah rich obviously has let's say a bias here <laughs> yeah and of course taunting someone with your dick is pretty horrible behavior even if you don't touch them just put on pants dude yeah two literally Lex- all of this would be nothing if he just wore pants yeah yeah Two, Lex said in a Reddit AMA that Sue tried to come back in the game later. Yep, we, talked we talked about, about that. that yeah. Production asked the remaining players, and they were like, fuck no. Three, due to Sue's taunting, which obviously does not merit sexual assault, but she was taunting, Kathy was trapped on the platform and was within one foot of the incident. Essentially, she got to see what was behind the blurry spot. Does this absolve her bad take? No. But it could explain why she has negative feelings toward the toward Sue on this. With a question mark? Maybe. And again, we only see like 10 seconds of her confessionals. She yeah. could have talked about much more than what we saw. So, yes. And I, I see what you're saying. And to a certain extent, we saw in Marquesas that once Kathy started to understand the game, Kathy is shrewd. And I can see how somebody has a bad take when like they have become hyper-obsessed in the moment mm-hmm. with the game. Yeah. And I mean... God forbid I bring it back to football, but you can <laughs> you can see scenarios every week if you're watching football of someone who is looking directly at a thing and not seeing exactly what is going on. Like three inches away from them. Yeah. Yeah. Or you can see it. And that's their job. Like, I'm yeah. talking about the refs. Like, literally their job to be paying attention to those minute details and they miss things. Yeah. So, like... Things happened and it it went really quickly. So I I could see again all things being true here, and I'm glad I'm just glad we get to put this behind us. Yeah, this is pure speculation, but Rupert works with troubled teens, some of whom are victims of sexual abuse. If Sue ranted about wanting to sue CBS for millions of dollars, and especially if she hadn't actually mentioned it before the season started, although again, grain of salt. I I think the most important context to like close the loop on on that incident mm-hmm. is this is 2004, film 2003. These types of uh, sexual assault incidents are not treated with the severity, stakes and respect that they should be. Mm-hmm. The first instinct in popular culture when a woman comes forward and accuses somebody at this time and still sometimes today of malpractice is what did you do to make it happen? I mean, there's the old, old but adage, look at what like, she's wearing. Exactly. And this is firmly in the time where that is not satire. That is the common belief. Yeah. And then you add in the fact that probably a lot of the people around Sue don't like Sue. Like Sue is a hard person to be around from everything we see in Borneo and what we see up until that moment. In All-Stars. Yeah. She is grouchy and volatile. And so they have they have this cultural context and their own personal bias towards not liking her. And that is not to excuse any of them. But I think that that kind of sums up how we get there. Yeah. Finishing that sentence, maybe he was mad that she was using it as a cash grab and saw it as diminishing pain that some people go through. I don't even think that if she had sued, she'd be in the wrong or diminishing anything. Just speculating on yeah. Rupert's perspective there. 
Also, it's obvious, but we're on day 16 of Survivor. Some people may not have had the mental or emotional capacity to fully register what was happening before a camera was in their face asking for a confessional about sexual assault. Correct. I'm mostly thinking of Amber and Rob here. I'm not thinking of Tom at all. It may as well have been day one for him. Yeah. Yeah. All that all that said, I do agree that Alicia and Sheehan coming out looking not bad in all this. Yep. Ugly, ugly situation. And Boston Boston Rob's take is the the least bad of all the bad ones, where he's like, that ah, could be real, could be not, not my business. I'm like, well, it's the bare fucking minimum, yeah. but at least you at least you're not being at least you're not having the wrong opinion. You're just choosing to not have one. Something, I guess. Alright. A couple of things. Oh, sorry. From Tyler to wrap up our emails, a couple of things I forgot to mention about Rob. He wrote the immunity blog for CBS, and at one point, a commenter mistook him for Boston Rob. Hilarious. And another commenter corrected him by saying, no, it's the Rob that sucks. Oh, my God. That's not true. We have other. We have multiple other Robs that suck. Have we had any other Robs up to this point? We've had four. Who are the other two? So we have Robaba. Our skater boy. Oh, yeah. Duh. And we have other Rob from Marquesas who... Oh, my God. Igor. Igor. I forgot his real name was Rob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, we've had tons of Robs. I would not put Rob C as the one who sucks. No. He's no. the best of the Robs. Yeah. I don't care if Boston Rob ends up winning this season. Rob Sesternino is the best of the Robs. So that became a self-deprecating nickname for himself, and when discussing two players with the same name, or even two players with the same or similar archetype, he would refer to the one that he thought was inferior as the blank that sucks. That's great. And he was inducted into the Survivor Hall of Fame in 2012. Yeah. I... The Survivor Hall of Fame is so funny to me. (laughs) That existed for, like, four years, and then he just went, nah. I love that energy of, like, taking... Us like one shitty comment and being like, I'm gonna make my this my whole personality. This is me now. This random, random fucking person online that called me the one who sucks. That's my identity. Yeah. In 2011, Richard met two of his allegedly 200 plus children that he had fathered through sperm donation after they reached out what? to him to inform inform him that he was their father. Every word of that sentence, I could not have predicted the next word. (laughs) There was a lot going on there. In 2014, he appeared in a documentary entitled The 16th Minute, along with a contestant from Survivor Cook Islands and several other reality TV contestants. In 2017, he and his husband split after 14 years of marriage. And that's it. Looking forward to next week. Thank you, Tyler. Wait, in 2017, they split after 14 years of marriage? Yeah. Huh. How does that... So, that's an interesting... Thing I've never thought about is how do gay couples that couldn't get married until 2015, when do they start their marriage? I guess if they had a civil union before that. Well, not – there were states that allowed gay Oh, that's marriage. true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. San Francisco at this point. Yeah. Nationally, they allowed gay marriage in – what did you say? 2015. 2015? Yeah. I think so. No, I think- it's earlier than that because I was in college. 2014, I think, is when the decision – past doesn't matter yeah it, around that time um <laughs> we'll get there in the <laughs> eventually yeah okay and that's all our emails cool cool anything else you want to talk about really hoping we go a long long time with no more sexual assaults on survivor
I would really like to stop talking about that. That's that's a fair ask. I'm not going to stop talking about it when it as when it happens, but I would like it to stop happening. Hey, things can only go up from here, right? No. Oh. They can get much worse. Bumper. <laughs> All right, so this episode came out on March 17th of 2004. Uh, A couple things that happened in the week between episodes. The first one, Ro Mu Hyun. I'm sure I pronounced that correctly, and there were no No, no. syllables wrong at all. No notes. President of South Korea is impeached by its National Assembly for the first time in the nation's history. Oh, wow. You know, we love love a good impeachment. (laughs) I guess. (laughs) Do, do we get into that? I think that's really funny. What? The current impeachment process that's oh, going on. Oh, it's hilarious. It's it's about as disastrous as it could have been. Yeah, I mean, the fucking everything in the Republican House is a clown show. Yeah. They're all wearing clown shoes. And we could still possibly get an impeachment. Yeah, maybe. I, I doubt it, considering the, as we're recording, the last uh, avoidance of the government shutdown that was yesterday was passed by mostly Democrats with a few Republicans in the House Speaker. Sounds like there's a bit of a divide at the party. Yikes. Uh, other things that happened in this week in 2004. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, no, you're fine. Uh, announcement of the discovery of 90377 Sedna, the farthest natural object in the solar system so far observed. Ah, uh, yes, of course. I just think that's cool. The, we can see space is never not interesting and also terrifying to me. Steven, do you think we're alone? Uh, By just definition, no. I think if you go far enough out, you're going to find enough that replicated in the similar life cycle to get something, because the universe is infinite. Sure. Is there a possibility that we will have contact with this other life? Highly unlikely. So why haven't we? Because we're so far away. Okay. The ability to get but to... But why, why can we not find any evidence of any intelligent life anywhere else so far that we know of? <laughs> okay, you want a real take? Let's get a real take here. Because we're looking at images so far in the past hmm. with how light travels... Like, if you're looking at a star, you're looking at light that's traveling. I mean, even from our own sun, if our sun goes out, that's minutes until we actually lose light. Yeah. Like if you're looking minutes. at planets, galaxies and galaxies away, you're getting it years, decades, thousands of years sure. later. I mean, but we've had intelligent life on Earth for millions of years. So if somebody pointed a telescope at us, several hundred or several hundred million miles away or whatever they'd still see something sure do they have do they also have the ability to get here well and that but that's why i'm saying like so are we just the first then i doubt it or the like very very early possibly welcome to the existential dread podcast yeah (laughs) i'm okay there's there's a lot there's a lot going on there yeah no i anyway that's why space is fascinating to me and our telescopes at this point are getting better Mm mm-hmm and then unrest in Kosovo results in more than 22 killed, 200 wounded, and the destruction of 35 Serb Orthodox shrines in Kosovo and two mosques in Belgrade and Nice. That is relevant because uh, have you have you been paid attention to uh, global political events, Stephen? I mean, a little bit. Why? So if you just Google 
at the time of recording, Kosovo and Serbia border, which is what this in 2004 is about. Uh-oh. You get an article from five hours ago, the U.S.'s warning of a big buildup of Serbian troops on the Kosovo border. Oh, shit. The Balkans hate each other so much that it is almost entertaining in a very dreaded kind of way. Very dreaded and morbid, yeah. The number one song of the charts is still Yeah by Usher. Okay. <laughs> I love taking you on this whiplash. It, there's a lot going on there. The top five movies, Agent Cody Banks 2, <laughs> Hidalgo, Secret Window, Starsky and Hutch, and Passion of the Christ. Wow, Passion of the Christ is still hanging in there. Still hanging in there. Well, this is something that we haven't mentioned this season. Every even number season is in the spring slot generally that's kind of a dead zone for movies that's fair we get all of our bad movies or not all we get most of our bad movies in that time yeah or at least like it's not balanced out by blockbusters okay so i looked up secret window have you heard of this movie steven i feel like i have but you're gonna have to jog my memory here all right while in the process of an ugly divorce from his wife maria bello writer mort rainey johnny depp relocates to his remote cabin in upstate New York for solitude. Attempting to recover his mental health, Rainey has the misfortune of being found by John Shooter, John Turturro? A farmer who claims Rainey plagiarized his work. At first, Rainey ignores the accusations, but Shooter has no intention of quietly disappearing. Soon, Shooter becomes increasingly vicious in his quest for retribution. What do you think the Rotten Tomatoes on this is, Stephen? This feels weirdly based on a Stephen King novel. Uh, you're thinking of the the one where the Stephen King novel where the super fan like traps the writer in a That's cabin right. with a broken leg. You're correct. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Uh, I think this is not rated well. I'm going to go audience score worse than critic score. Audience score of 32. Critic score of 40. Okay. So you were pretty close on the critic score. Okay. Uh, it's 45. Okay. However, the audience likes it more than the critics. Damn. Audience score is 65. Oh, okay. It's almost rated fresh. Almost fresh, baby. (laughs) All right. See, now I I really do understand more why you enjoy the process of Of having knowledge that I don't. Yeah. Because, like, I get to watch you squirm, and that's pretty fun for me. Yeah. And I only get a little bit. I get to drag yours out over seasons. And over seasons? <laughs> we were talking about off mic. I was like, oh, yeah, you guys, like, Stephen had to listen to me talk about Rich being naked for all of Borneo, knowing what eventually comes of it. Correct. Wild. Could I have hinted at it? Maybe. But here we are. <laughs> all right. Anything else? Nope. That's it. Cool. Then let's move on to the episode. Episode eight. Pick a tribe's mate. Sure. Tribe mate? Tribe mate. Single tribe mate. <laughs> okay, so first things first, Kathy coming back to an empty tribe at night is nightmare fuel. It's pretty bad. That would be terrifying. Especially on an island where there theoretically is not any other life. I mean, she has a cameraman following her, so it's yeah. not like she's totally alone. But still. But still. <laughs> it's not pleasant. Like, I don't... Did you have that moment growing up when you were at home alone and you're like, I hear I hear movement. Yeah. I, I turned off the light and I thought I saw something, so I ran. I was a very scared child. Okay. Um, especially like of the dark and stuff. So like I wouldn't I wouldn't like turn off a light in a room I was in. I would like run out. 
So, yes. Yes, I did, Stephen. Often. <laughs> yeah, so I, f- I feel for Kathy here. There's there's a lot going on, and I would be not feeling great being alone. So, we, yeah, we open with Kathy all by herself. How depressing is this? The She's talking about how she's hit with the survivor high and the survivor low. Yep. Coming from the reward, she had a great time and was just hanging out with these people who were vibing. And then she gets back to camp, and it's nothing. No one is here. It's raining. It's raining. And everyone comes back and they're super depressed, obviously. And tensions are high because Ethan didn't know which way the vote was going. Yep. Another vote that Ethan left out of. Left out of. Yeah. And Colby was so cocky he left his hat. Yeah. (laughs) That's that's not going to be the last time that kind of stuff happens. People leave stuff all the time. Hilarious. Because, like, you pack your stuff and bring it with you to Tribal. And I'm wondering, like, did Colby bring any of his stuff with him to Tribal? I don't know. I didn't pay attention to whether he picked up a backpack. I don't know. Hilarious. It's less important now when it's just, like, things that you have and you're wearing. Yeah. It's more important later when it's things that are important to Tribal Council that you just left at home because you didn't think you needed it. Like hidden immunity idols. There's plenty of that. Oh, coming. oh my god! That thought when like you left all your stuff and then somebody like you get a whiff that like maybe the vote's going your way and you're like, oh shit. Uh huh. Yeah. Wow. It's, it's something. So we'll get to that when we get to that. And then Kathy's like, "All right, everyone's back. Why no hugs for me?" Shapira hugged me in like two seconds. Because they're playing an individual game. Hmm. As I said before, Mogo Mogo has been playing the post-merge survivor from, like, day two. <laughs> and as Kathy states, it's it's too late for this tribe to rally. Is that true? Mate, so, depends on how long till the merge. Uh-huh. Because I think they have they have to if there's a couple challenges till the merge. Like, I, I don't know what to do otherwise. And I guess you're not going to lay down and die. Yes, correct. As a tribe going into the merge... Yeah, I don't think they are a tribe. They're a group of people that are living together, but there's no trust. There's no camaraderie. They're all game bots at this point. And we're going to see how well Shapira can stick together because that's going to decide the season. Mm, All right. Cool. And then we just get kind of thoughts about Tribal Council. Sheehan was like, I would have given the props to Jerry. Ethan's like, boy, was I fooled. Yep. And Jerry's like, oh, I feel like I'm being evil, but boy, does it feel good. Feels so good. I made one of my goals, and the, the bellboy took all my baggage away. Jerry is already coming back for heroes versus villains. <laughs> like, I know you haven't told me that yet, but like, she has to. And on which side? Which side do you fucking <laughs> think, Steven? <laughs> Yeah, I'm. I'm not gonna even like hide that one. You're you're correct. She's the villain. She's great at it, it and she's trying so hard this season not to be. It is. It's who you are, Jerry. Just embrace it. <laughs> Lex can. Lex is a bit of a villain too. Like work together, be villains. <laughs> from uh, from there we go to mail. We we drop a mail, and it's it's a weird mail. You're picking one representative to go to the other tribe and read the note that's in the bottle. Also, take a pen. <laughs> sure. They're very specific about that. Yeah. Take the pen. So, we have two different ways of figuring out this. Shapira, they're like, all right, we're drawing straws. Yep. 
Jenna Lewis is the winner of the the small straw. Poor Jenna and Ethan. They've just gotten the shit beat out of them this entire game. Yeah. It's it's really an uphill battle for, for Jenna and Ethan <sighs> this whole time. And that sucks more for Jenna because Jenna doesn't have the star power. Yeah. Jenna's not a winner. Yep. Man. And for Mogamogo, we pick Kathy just on the basis that uh, she knows him already. Sending Kathy is fucking stupid. It is. I agree. It's so like, so you want her to go bond with the other tribe more than she already did? <laughs> yeah, but. And I, it ends up being fine because that's not what this is about. Correct. But man. But you don't know. You don't know. This could be a tribe swap. You don't know. Do you think there would be a tribe swap this late before, like, assuming yeah, we're almost at merch time? It's all stars. They're doing, they're doing whatever the fuck they want. They could absolutely swap one member for like a week. Mm, interesting. Or six days or whatever. We can fuck with random shit. They, they might do a tribe swap next episode. <laughs> they, they hint next episode that it's like, drop your buffs, but like there's a twist. So oh, sure. They could just draw new buffs next episode and have two completely different tribes interesting could be could be yeah so they go to each other's camps this representative and they're they have to open this bottle and by the way why did we seal it so tight that we have to break it with a machete (laughs) it it doesn't need to be sealed in a way that you can't open it you could just put a, a loose cork in there yeah you have cameras on them at all times yeah you didn't put the rice in a safe. You put it in a box they could have broken. <laughs> don't, why are you so secretive about this message? Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, they, they also, op- wait, I do want to point out, Kathy was like, and I was rowing into the rainbow, and I thought that was a good sign. I was like, ally. E- <laughs> and then we, we open it. We discover that we are going to be playing for supplies that the other team has, and you got to go and write down what you want to play for. Mm-hmm. And this is... In this scenario, is this more of an advantage to Mogamogo or to Shapira? Mogamogo. Because Shapira's living large. And I actually, I don't think we've talked enough about how much the Home Depot challenge really was a wild challenge. And how, like, Shapira got so many advantages off of it. Yeah, that's fair. Boston Rob being a construction worker and being given a full day with unlimited construction supplies... Like, they are not just surviving, they are thriving. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. And they're comfortable. Yeah. As far as, like, who it would benefit more if they were going to win, it's Mogo Mogo. Mm. They also have a lot more to lose. Correct. Because, man, like, when you don't have a lot and people come over and raid your tribe... The things that you do lose are very important. Uh-huh. Yep. Anyway, to the point... We get to the reward challenge. It's the log roll, baby. We're back. I love this challenge. Yeah. It's, it, it, it is what it is. It's a giant log. You have to balance, and you have to knock your opponent off. Yes. You know what I thought was crazy? What? There was... Jeff didn't even mention that Colby was gone, and there was no reaction to Colby being gone. I didn't clock that, but yeah, you're right. Yeah. They just... Oh, all right. It's like, all right, Bye. The other tribe apparently didn't view Colby as a threat either. <laughs> we wanted him out. I think the people who had a big interest in that were all on the same tribe. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. So for Shapira, Shapira is playing for the grill, a bag of rice, and the lion sling. Mogamogo is playing for a blanket, the parachute, and a tarp. 
which I feel like the parachute and the tarp are the same thing. I think they're serving a similar purpose, but they are different items. Yes, I agree. Was there really nothing better that you could fill it out? They might as well just written down your shelter. Yeah, give me it. Give me your shelter, because that's what those two things are. Yeah. I I shouldn't be ragging on people trying to find shelter from the rain, as we just saw people get absolutely drenched and... (laughs) annihilated the night before yeah it might be the same thing but both of them are super useful yeah okay so then we we go on and it is a first to five you win five in a row that's it you're playing against your own sex here so they're they're trying to go with even matchups they have to uh shapiro has to set out a guy uh so they set out tom big tom that's a good choice that is a good choice that does not seem like a man who specializes in balance not, not too uh, agile, then, Tom. No. <laughs> so, did you... I can list off all the matchups here, but did you have any matchups or any people that really stuck out for you in this one? For better or worse? Ethan wants to beat Boston Rob so bad, and he just never does. He can't do it. He cannot do it. Um, Shean is a monster. Shean kicked ass in this. Shean kicks ass in everything she does. And, like... like Shean, like... Shean is such a competitor. Mm-hmm. She is one of my favorite people on All Stars and maybe over eight seasons. She's delightful. And she beat Alicia twice. Yeah. Someone who is very clearly more athletic than Shean is. Uh-huh. It's impressive. And it was a tough fought battle both times. And it wasn't just like a physical battle. Like they were playing mental. Yeah. Like trying to trick each other the whole time. It's great. It's half. I'm going to push you off this and half. I need to chess this. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that one was good. The Kathy was terrible at this and she uh, knew she was going to be terrible at this. Yeah. That's why in the very last one, she's like, Amber, cut me some slack, please. Yeah. And Amber was really good at this too, actually. Amber was. Amber was pretty good. Did Amber win both of hers? Uh, yes. Amber won both of hers. And Boston Rob won both of his. And Correct. there's four of your five right there. Correct. Yeah. The only other one that did it was Jenna Lewis beating Kathy. Right. <laughs> yeah. So there it is. Ethan won one. Sheehan won two. And who's the third one? Oh, no, that's it. That's three. I listed off three. Yes. I'm an idiot. Okay. Yeah. So that's it. But Shapira wins. Shapira wins and they win all those nice, the, the nice things. The grill, the, the sling, and the bag of rice. Hey, Steven. Yeah. What's stopping you from going back to camp and just putting the bag of rice in the ocean? What's stopping you from taking the spear and just breaking it in half? That's a good question. I would hope production. Maybe. Because that's some foul gameplay. There's only two rules, apparently, on Survivor. Don't don't conspire to split the money and don't violently assault anybody. (laughs) And even apparently the second one is is fungible. (laughs) I think just with how the game is played, you would be... something would be done about that. Probably. They would either give them a new bag of rice or... I don't know. If if they broke the Hawaiian sling, hopefully they have a backup. I mean, maybe it's just social. Like, hey, your tribes are going to merge. So, like, if you do this, like, you can go ahead and do this, but... You're burying yourself. You're burying yourself. Yeah. I don't know. I think that's interesting. I don't know that I have a... An instance of that happening in my brain mm. doesn't mean it hasn't happened. There's definitely instances of people hampering their own team, but Jesus. not someone else beyond the spirit of the game. 
Because, like, in Pearl Islands, they never knew what the other tribe was coming to get. Yes. This time they're given advanced warning. Correct. You have a good point there. Maybe Jeff shouldn't have unsealed. I mean, it doesn't end up coming to anything, but, like, maybe Jeff shouldn't have unsealed those beforehand. Yeah. Anyway, Jenna goes to get some stuff. It's really late at night. I was surprised they did that. That's You could just do that in the morning. It's okay. And they kind of negotiate her down because they look pretty pathetic in the, hey, can we take some scoops of rice out of that? Because... We might we might die. Don't put Jenna in this position. I mean, it worked. I guess. They, they got what they wanted to. Yeah. If that were Boston Rob, there's no way he would be giving him that. You're right. There's no fucking way. And then I'm like, well, then what? Why did you even ask? Like, just just take some of the rice out of the bag. Mm. Again, I feel like production probably stepped in in there. Yeah, probably. To try to stop them from evening out the bags. But it's a bad position to put Jenna in of like, hey, can we change the terms of this deal? I agree. Eh. Unless Jenna... I felt bad for her. Un- and like, we, I've, I've I felt bad for Jenna over the course of this entire season. Unless Jenna's using this as a, well, maybe if I be nice to them here, they can give me some uh, final tribal votes. I guess. Or some alliances down the road. And she doesn't need those. Yep. I don't think she knows that she needs those, but she needs those. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's kind of it. And then we cut back to the other side. And this is the, all right, bounce a wow wow Rob and Amber are definitely a thing. And everyone knows it. Everyone knows it. And showmances are so dangerous. And yet, it doesn't feel like they're in any danger. Why do you say that? Is no one willing to like step in and be like, we can't let them go forward with this? Boston Rob has done something kind of magical. Everyone on the tribe thinks that they are Boston Rob's second. Mm. Except for maybe Alicia. Okay. Like everyone thinks, besides Amber, that they are the second person with Boston Rob that isn't Amber, I guess. Mm. The other thing I think helps Boston Rob in this situation and probably helps Amber too is that first of all it is a very genuine true in my opinion romantic connection it's not one that's like hey I'm horny and you're here and I quote from Boston Rob Amber's slamming well yeah I mean he is, <laughs> he is horny and she is there but both of them talk about like I mean Amber's like yeah the flirting originally was a weapon but now it's kind of real it's a bit that became a thing <laughs> yeah yeah but they've also voiced early on to each other, and I'm sure to other people, hey, yeah, we got this connection, or in Boston, Rob, Rob's words, hey, yeah, she's slamming. She's slamming, baby. But yeah. I'll stab her in the back for a million dollars. That's just the game, baby. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that feels genuine. Yeah, I mean, if you watch any sort of reality TV and people couple up, it's it's dangerous because it's very apparent to everyone, and... It's it's a big red flag for anyone that wants to work with you. Yep. So do you think this works? Like, how far can they take this? <laughs> I don't know. That's a good question. I I think that they have accumulated so much power mm. that it doesn't put them on the hot seat. But I don't think it's helping them. Sure. I just, I think that they can afford to take the hit. Okay. I see yeah. what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Cool. And then they smooch, and we, we get all up in that. Uh, Rupert, we then get a little moment of Rupert and him 
enjoying the Hawaiian sling a little too much. <sighs> He's horny for fishing. Yeah. So Rupert, Rupert, find a second thing. No, <laughs> I, I refuse. <laughs> the second thing was building and that didn't work out so well. True. OK, Rupert, stick to your one thing. There you go. Yeah. So Rupert, really excited about this. He goes out fishing right away in the morning. He catches a lot of things while Rob is trashing him to Big Tom on the sideline. OK, but Boston Rob's Rupert voice is really funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go look that up. And then Rob, never to be outdone, says, all right, I want I got to get in the water and go do that. He's walking in security. Boston Rob. Is he wrong, though, when he says we have the Hawaiian sling now? Anybody can do that. We don't need Rupert anymore. No, he's 100 percent right. You don't have to go out in the water and outdo him right then, though, because he made you feel like a smaller man. Yeah, that's fair. Like Robert, er, Robert, Robert, (laughs) Bostonian Robert, (laughs) as he will now be known. He has not come to win this game. I mean, he has, but he's come to embarrass everyone else. And we've talked a little bit about that. But Mm -hmm. like there is no man besides maybe Tom. Because Big Tom is a caricature of himself. Sure. That Boston Rob will not work to undermine to seem like the coolest dude around. Mm. It's very small, insecure behavior, but he also has the tools to back it up, so it works. Okay. I do like the line that the sling is like taking fish from a pet store. That's pretty good. It's pretty great. And then while he's in there, and not to not to Tom, but to us, Rupert kind of trashes Rob back. Yeah. It's it's fun. Sometimes I like Boss and Rob. Sometimes he's an arrogant ass. And yes. Yes. And he's correct. And then we get to immunity. It's the weapons challenge. It's, it's back. I Listen, I've told you before. I am biased towards the weapons challenge. I love the weapons challenge. And yet this is not a good weapons challenge. Ooh, why? These are all the weapons that we've seen prior. Correct. It's too short. And, like, you don't have to show us all of it. Like, you can do, like, a montage for us. Mm-hmm. But, like, if you're going to do this as, like, oh, here's all the we- – or here's some of the weapons we've used in previous seasons, you need more of them. And the, like, the two arrows or one thing is kind of nothing. Like, the yeah, biggest could, advantage you get is four to two. Which you, could, is, you could have reformatted formatted that in a better way. You could have kept it as if you win, you get two, and if you lose, you get one – and do like six weapons. Yes. I mean, you we had a slingshot. We've had tons of seasons. You could add in you every add weapon that we've done. But well, I mean, yes, you're right. We have used the gun before. <laughs> like there's so many options that make that could make this challenge really cool. Yeah. And I, I, I think that's it is you throw in more weapons from more seasons instead of the I forget which season we're pulling from here with the three. I think it's the first season. I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. So. You also didn't give them any time to practice like you have in previous seasons. Correct. And it shows. Oh, it shows. Yeah, because we we get a lot of misses in this one. There is a really cool cinematography thing I want to point out of the two tribes coming in. It's a really good shot of I don't know which tribe is coming in like in the background. And then the other tribe comes in in the foreground, like Mm. from just off the camera as they're like being invited in. It's really cool. I'll I'll have to take a look for that one. So, yeah, they're doing... The blowgun, the spear, and the arrow. Everyone gets a throw at the blowgun and spear, and then the arrow is a single person. Which, again, if you had more legs, you could have had it be 
you know, you can divide it up as many ways as you want. Yeah. Like, let's say you end with 10 arrows to five Mm -hmm. or whatever. You want all six of your people to shoot once to see who's good at it. Go ahead. Sure. Or if you want it to not be all completely on that last one or vice versa, if you want it to be still weighted heavily on that last one, you could do a point system of every one of these is one point, but the last one's worth three points. Yeah, something like that. And that's big. Yeah. There's just so many ways. This is so lazy. Yeah. So anyway, we do the blowgun, and no one hits the board except for Jerry. Yeah. Jerry's the only one to hit the board. What if they all miss? I guess they just get one arrow each. They, well, I would hope they would go another cycle. Uh, maybe. But you might be right. Maybe that's just a wash. And then we go to spear. And more people hit on the spear, but still, it was there were some bad attempts. Yeah. Yeah. Some some sideways and, and again we talked about this before the first time. It's like throwing a javelin. It's hard. It's not easy. Not at all. No. Also, it does seem like it was a pretty windy day. Mm. Like from the maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'm misremembering, but like I remember seeing like oh yeah that's gonna hit and then it would just like curve off and I'd be like <laughs> oh what the fuck oh whoops. And then we we end up tied because Rupert gets the best mark on the spear. So we have three arrows to three arrows. Each team gets an equal amount of shots here. So we pick Rob, Boston Rob, and Jerry as our assigners. Were you surprised that Jerry was stepping up on this one? Uh yes, but not once she mentioned that she had previous experience. Yes. Makes I sense. think I think she was in the right to go ahead and put herself forward. Yeah. It's it's a risky thing to do, mm-hmm. but I think it was the right call. Yes. My biggest problem is what happens when she starts shooting. She hit the same mark, and she didn't hit anything, but she hit the same mark three times. Yeah. She, she did, did not, not adjust. adjust. We say in unison. Yeah. So she went right and a little bit low each and every time. Yep. And all Rob had to do was hit the target. And he did. And he did. And that's that's how we end it. Shapira ends up winning this one. I do love Jeff going over me like, Jerry, you look a little frustrated. And she's like, yeah, I wonder why. Exactly. Like, what the fuck, Jeff? Of course she does. Yeah, we just lost. I might be going home. The I fuck, personally Jeff? lost this challenge. Get out of my face, please. What is this bullshit? <laughs> yeah, I think that's a that's a good one. And then we have our scramble. So and yes, it is. It, it's a good scramble. I do like the opening shot of the scramble, by the way, of the crabs eating the lizard. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really gross. That's, I mean, it's kind of fun, though. It's very symbolic. It is. So we start with Jerry, and she's like, my disappointment is mixed with fear of being voted out, and, and all of this is overwhelming. I feel overwhelmed, and she looks it. She looks like she's going to break down yeah. just about any second here. The music throughout this scramble is like serial killer documentary oh, yeah? music. It's really good. <laughs> and, Sense? And she's not—she's on edge until Lex comes in and is like, Hey, no, no, no. We're taking Ethan out. You and me, baby. Let's do it. And just even her body relaxes so much. Yeah. Like he could be feeding you crap. But she she definitely takes this as a, oh thank God there I'm not being wiped out. Lex and Jerry is an interesting team. It is. Tell me Especially why. Especially because I feel like Lex is male Jerry. Ooh, like both very competent survivor players. Uh huh. Both with a mean streak about them. Both 
I, I would say Lex, to his credit, is a little better at hiding it. Mm-hmm. Lex was like a Shakespearean villain in his season, but to <laughs> us, not to his tribe. Yes. People also don't seem as annoyed by Lex, but I also am not going to discredit misogyny a little bit in that. Sure, sure, sure. Internalized misogyny. They're, yeah, they, I think they make a really good team. I do too. So, on the other side, Lex is like, hey, you know, I played with Ethan. I like Ethan. I told him I would be honest with him. I'm going to let him know. I'm voting him out. And he does. He's straight up with him. I I have to let him know for our friendship. And he says, it's better for my game to vote you out. And Ethan goes on a on a tear. He's like, hitty party. She's done nothing for this tribe. She doesn't deserve to be here. Yeah. What do you what do you think of this? Ethan, you've been on the wrong side of every vote. You have not made any alliances. Yep. Part of that is being a winner. And yes, that is handicapping you. Yes. I mean, the argument of like working around camp, I we don't have any insight into that hasn't really been a talking point this season at all. Not really. It's brought up that maybe Jerry's lazy. I don't remember complaints that Jerry was lazy in Australia at all but i it's a long season so sure. maybe i'm just forgetting everyone was also dying in that season <laughs> right so. yeah everyone was just decaying skeletal corpses yeah this is a this is a stupid fucking rant and i know like he's obviously very emotional he is being told by his by a very close friend that like hey man your numbers up it's time for you to go yeah and i mean i can't fault him for this cuz i think he took the information and he's like all right how do I spin this in a way that can get me out of this? Oh, I thought it was... In, I didn't get that at all. I got it as a very emotional reaction. Very very little strategy. Very much, like, it's not fair. Like, I... Mm. Like, temper tantrum. But... I think there is a little bit of that, but he... Listen, I'm not me when I'm hungry. And, like, <laughs> he, and frustrated and all of that. I just had a two-day meltdown over replacing computer parts. Like, I get it, Ethan. But he, he is emotional, and yeah. but he is using logical point and saying reasons instead of just like, no, no. But, like, Lex is doing the Boston Rob Marquesas thing where he's like, I don't care that she's useless. She's useful to me. Yes, correct. And that's all that really matters. Yep. Yeah. So we then once again have Kathy in the middle. And Kathy's telling us Ethan's a nice guy. He's a good heart. And I don't know. I could I could take out Lex, but I don't want to take out Lex. I want to take out Jerry before I take out Lex. So Ethan, vote for Jerry because that's your only hope here. Sure. And... She goes on to say, I want someone to win this game with bug bites and scratches and gnarled fingers. Jerry not have that. That's what she's implying. The gnarled fingers. Okay, fine. How is she avoiding bug bites? Uh, that's a good question. <laughs> that, that was also my question. What is she doing to avoid bug? Because like, you should be doing that. Bug bites are not a sign that you've been working harder. Yeah. You live in, you live on a beach. What are what is you should actually ask her. You should get some advice. What's her skincare routine? You should you should ask. Yeah. Anything else before tribal? Kathy has a baller ass quote. It's great. Tell uh, me. Or speech where she's talking about like all the different ways it can go, and then I wrote down. I'm uh, I'm still thinking about it. 
but the sun's going down and I have to make a decision. Yeah. And it just really brought up like the stakes of the scrambles and how little time there is. And she's a great orator of this. It feels like a quote you'd pull from like a book. Mm. Like you like it'd be written as like someone making a decision before they're attacked in a siege or something. Like it's really cool. It is pretty cool. Or like a weird hypnosis kind of thing. You have to make a decision. The sun's going down. Mm. As they're staring into something. Or, or like a zombie movie. We're like, oh, sure. we, we know they'll attack. Like World War Z. No, no, that's not the one. I am legend. Like, I thought about it a lot and I have to make a decision because the sun's going down. Like, it's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And we go on to Tribal and Jeff kind of tries to put it on Jerry. Jerry's like, I volunteer for the bow. I had the experience, and I let them down. Yeah. I mean, so is Ethan. Yeah. That kind of evens it out. Yeah. And then, well, he goes on to be like, Ethan, you're the last remaining winner. And Ethan, in his response, is like, I'm I'm a threat to the remaining four, but I'm not a threat to win the game. No one wants to vote for a winner twice on principle. And Lex hears this and is like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on a minute here, buddy that's not true but i think it is true it is true from yeah from hearing what we heard from johnny fairplay and everyone else's opinions it just seems like you could have taken ethan as a goat but the problem with ethan as a goat is he's and he is a goat this season ethan does not have a single successful thing outside of voting out rich it's also kind of uncontrollable Mm. and he is he is a goat because nothing has gone his way, but that doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be a goat for the rest of the season. Correct. And it's not Jerry Lex can control. I don't think Lex can control Ethan. And it's also not established yet that like you can be likable and play a bad game and be wiped off the planet with the final tribal council vote. Right now, likable players have won. He, as a likable player not having a whole lot of strategy, won his season. Well, yeah, but his his competition was Kim. Sure. <laughs> was old Kim. It was old Kim. Yeah. But, like, we don't have a whole lot of evidence in place to say that, you know, I don't think he stands a chance. Yeah, I guess, okay, so think about the winners. I mean, Kelly Wigglesworth lost being the more likable of the two. Mm-hmm. But after that... Tina and Colby are both kind of equally likable. There's, yeah. there's not there's not an unlikable person at final two. Yeah. You're right about Ethan Ethan's the more likable. Marquesas, again, I would say pretty even as far as likability goes, Vesepia and Nulia. Yeah. Neither one of them is like neither one of them we didn't get to see Vesepia's game. Both of them are likable, but it seems like Vesepia played a better game. So that makes sense. Sure. Ian is more likable than Clay. Yes. Yeah. Unfortunately, yes. Yeah, at least more charismatic than Clay. Yeah. And Jenna's more likable than Matthew, so uh, yeah, I guess you're right. I mean, th- we just haven't had that person who comes in and is likable and just has a terrible game and wins. Are you saying that Girl Scout troop lady <laughs> is not likable? <laughs> I've already forgotten her name. <laughs> I think that's that speaks for itself. Yeah. Yeah. So... We we vote. Ethan's gone. Ethan. I know he comes back. Is coming back. You let that slip when you talk about him coming, like playing again when yes. after he has cancer. Ethan 
is going to have the largest gap between seasons of any Survivor ever. Does he not come back till Winners? winners he does at war? not come back until Winners at War. Wow. And the cancer is the major reason behind sure. that. So I thought Jervis would, but yeah, all right. Mm, that's also a season pre- one to season thirty-two or whatever it is. It's also a pretty big gap. Uh, it's not the one that actually is the biggest gap prior to that. The one that is we jump over is Kelly Wigglesworth. Oh, sure. From season, season one to second chance. Correct. Wow. Yeah. Huh. I hope she wins second chance. We'll get to that when we get to that. I'm just excited to see somebody that has that long off from the game. I also think, I've been thinking about this too with the new season that's coming out and I didn't watch the new episode, but I've been hearing stuff about it. Sure. And also having watched 4142. Mm -hmm. Love love the diversity push. Mm -hmm. Do not hear what I'm not saying. But they've sort of lost the diversity of casting older people. Yes, I agree. And... I think they bring a lot to the game. And it doesn't have to be older like Rudy. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, maybe we shouldn't put 75-year-olds on an island to die. I, fine. But, like, Kathy's awesome. Rich was really good at the game. Mm-hmm. Sue was very entertaining. And the younger versions of those people, those people in their 20s, probably would not have been nearly as good at the game or as fun for TV as if they're 24. Sure. I'd, I'm 29, and I don't like who I was at 24. <laughs> Why are we putting all 24-year-olds on the show? Yeah, I agree. I think there is a little bit of range, but it's definitely in the from 20 to 32 range rather yeah. than the 20 to 65 range, which it should be. Yeah, which is a shame. Yeah. How do you think Ethan does in Winners at War? That's interesting because Ethan's biggest problem is being a winner. <laughs> yes, so <laughs> that that will go away. You remove that. What's what's? How does he do? He has so long, yes, to, to learn. We have not seen Ethan play Survivor. Okay, he's played a season and a half, and we have not seen him successfully play Survivor. Hilarious that he won, and we're saying that. I know, but I think. In a season of all winners, it's gonna be a pretty low threat. Who do you go after? People that won in the in the seasons in the 30s that have this really like probably dominant game. I don't know, I haven't seen those seasons, but like that have been playing hard when the game when the game was more evolved, or some guy from Africa who who kind of fell ass backwards with a charming smile into winning a million dollars. Sure. I can tell you. That there is a divide between old school and new school Survivor in that season. Oh, I'm sure. Very clear divide. Is it a tribal divide? No. Oh, okay. Got it. No. So I'm going to say, so I don't think he's an early vote. I think a, a mid vote. I don't okay. think he makes like final five, final six, but sometime end of merge, early merge. He's kind of a jobber of a winner. All right. You hear it here first. Ethan, mid. Yeah. Basically, he's a very likable, nice guy. Yeah. I, I don't know that, like, he should be on The Amazing Race. Survivor's oh, well, not the show for him. Well, uh, yeah, good yeah. good news. Um, <laughs> um, protagonist uh, of the episode, uh, it's Jerry, of all people. Yep. But, I mean, you know, Jerry's the one they put out in the challenge. Jerry, I mean, and, like, 1B on that is Lex. Um, this this episode kind of focuses on the Lex and Jerry alliance forming a little 
a little stronger. I'm going to throw a one C, well, not even a C. We'll say two, Boss and Rob. He's the two of every episode. <laughs> okay, that's fair. But the focus of the episode isn't on Shapira. Okay, that's a good point. Cool. Anything else? No. All right. Bumper. That'll do it for this episode of the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast. Thank you, as always, for joining us. We're having fun here. And like I said, just keep an eye out. I will try to post to our our Twitter X, whatever you want to call it, of what's going to happen each week. We don't know because it's going to be a messy couple weeks and I'm getting married. So. Yeah, I mean, for context, I'm driving cross country next weekend to help a friend move. Or I'm flying out there, then helping them drive up here because they don't want to drive 13 hours on their own, which, I mean, yeah, that's fair. The weekend after that, you're getting married. Yeah. The weekend after that, I'm going to Michigan for a wedding. I did not know that. Then two weeks after that, I'm producing a reading. Okay, cool. So it might get a little messy here for a little bit. (laughs) Um, Just stick with us. We promise we'll try to be as transparent as possible. But we don't know. We don't know what this is going to be. We're going to do our best. And getting married is something you only do, like, a couple times in your life. Between one and a few times in your life. There you go. Cool. Anything you'd like to promote? Uh, the reading I mentioned. There you so go. So I started... A th- I'm starting... We'll see how it goes. A theater company. We have our first reading on November 9th, if you're in the Chicagoland area. It'll be at Two-Hearted Queen in Roscoe Village. Tickets are free. Nice. We accept donations, because we're a, ver- a brand new theater company trying to get started. And, yeah. Nice. It's going to be, it's a show, a new work called The Jacaranda Tree. I hope I'm saying that right because I've only seen it written, I'm realizing, <laughs> right now. Uh, I should talk to the playwright about how to pronounce that. Yeah, it's a good question. Um, it's Greek mythology. It's poetic language. It's pretty short. It's like an hour or okay. so. And uh, I think it's pretty good. Nice. I'm going to, in lieu of promoting something, just have a brief moment to talk about the new season how the i'm sure this was not intentional but the fact that the single mom who works two jobs who loves her kids with all she's got is on the reba tribe okay you were so close works two works two jobs and never stops oh i'm sorry you're so close uh i do not listen to reba (laughs) mcintyre but did you watch the sitcom no it was really good was it okay at least by memory i mean there are a lot of reruns on i'm sure abc family and whatever else they just put it on for my co-host Jared, this is Steven. For my host Steven, this is Jared. Bye-bye, Support says Reba. Support local theater. Yeehaw. Yeehaw. <laughs>